From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up for Wednesday, July 11th, 2018. The day after I appeared on the Golf Channel for the third time, my thanks to the producers of Morning Drive who spotted my Claret Jug tweet and uh, got me on t- uh, got me on the air yesterday. I've now been on the uh, been on Golf Channel three times, all for tweets. Why do I open the show this way? Because the man who's about to come on my show's Twitter avatar either is or was you meeting the Claret Jug. And that is the associate editor for Sports Business Journal and Sports Business Daily and a golf addict in his own right, Mr. Josh Carpenter. Hello, sir. Jeremy, great to be with you. Yeah, that was uh, last year the uh, Golf Channel guys brought the uh, Claire Jug down to Charlotte. So uh, pretty, uh, pretty exciting day to, to see that in person and just, uh, yeah, it's something I'll have with me forever. Um, you got to do what a lot of us dream of. I was lucky enough to win the lottery in 2012, but uh, I happened to be with somebody last night whose buddy missed the lottery this year and was none too pleased about it. Uh, you have gotten to attend the Masters Golf Tournament at the Augusta National Golf Club in Augusta, Georgia, and you were there, if, if I remember correctly, on Sunday of this year's event, correct? Yeah, I was there Sunday. Uh, Sunday, we, we went pretty early, got there not long after the gates opened, and we ended up leaving, actually. Um, I was kind of torn on what to do. You know, I've been, this is my seventh Masters. Um, I've won the lottery once, um, and the other time just got, you know, badges through different connections, family right. connections, work connections, whatever. Right. Um, and uh, so I was kind of torn on what to do. Because I love, you know, one of my favorite afternoons of the whole year is uh, this Sunday afternoon, seeing the back nine in Augusta. So, you know, that being said, Patrick Reed had a, well, I guess him and Rory were, what, three shots, two shots separated them, I guess, at the start of play. So we decided to leave. We left around 2 o'clock, uh, just right before they teed off, and ended up making it home. You know, saw, saw the leaders essentially play the back nine. So, uh, and we're able to listen to it. We're about two and a half, three hours from, from Augusta. So we drove home, listened to the whole thing on the radio uh, on the way back, and that's all the back nine. So. Uh, I have to say, the job Bob Papa and Charlie Reimer do every year for Westwood One is golf on the radio is a hard thing to do. And those guys do a great job of it because I've had a couple times where I've had to listen to the Masters on radio, and especially for, for, for Bob and Charlie who don't, do radio golf all year. Bob does TV golf. Charlie does some TV golf and a lot of studio golf. But just radio golf is hard, and and they really do a good job of shepherding you along. No, you would think. I mean, you you try and avoid, like you said, having to listen to the golf on radio too much because you'd rather be watching it. But uh, no, for, for those guys to only do it once a year, I mean, you would think that they're they're an every week uh, every week crew out there. So they 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 do a really nice job. Um. One last thing on Augusta, um, or, or, well, sorry, one big question on Augusta. That'll be my only question on Augusta, but it's a long answer. I walk through, I, my family is this odd, or, or some would say odd uh, thing, where every time we go to a new state or country, we touch the ground every time we go there um, mm-hmm. to, you know, make official that, you know, we are just gone to that place. And I had been to, to uh, uh, sorry, Georgia several times, but when I went to Augusta, we uh, happened to come in the the um, second entrance, not the main entrance. Um, and that second entrance is by four and five, and we walked across the crosswalk at five and <laughs> stopped for about. 
five seconds in the middle of the crosswalk and touch the ground. Like, yes, we're actually here. I, I am touching the Augusta National Fairways. What for you is Augusta National? When, when you sit on those grounds and, and, and walk on those grounds and, and you see what's on TV come to life, what, what, what still awes you seven years on? I think it's just, it's just the history of the place, you know, the hills, and, and the, like I said, the history, I could go down there and not, not even see any golf and be content to just walk around, um, you know, and it, it's like everyone who goes there, they say, you know, it's the, the concession prices, it's the way the marshals help you find different holes if you're not, you know, if you're not familiar with the place. Um, it, it, everything about it just just blows you away, and uh, you know I always joke with my wife every year. You know, Masters tickets are so hard to get, so I joke with her every year. I'm like, well, I've got to go this year because I might not ever get them again. <laughs> yes, um, but, but now I've got them seven times now. Uh, you know, and it's usually uh, usually when we get them through through our friends or, or whatever, it, it's a pretty last minute thing. So winning the lottery was was nice because you won the lottery in July, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know for nine months, essentially, that, hey, I'm going to the Masters. Yeah. I won the lottery in 16, and that, or no, it was, uh, yeah, it was 16. I thought it was probably my most anticipated Masters, just because, you know, from then on, you knew you were going. Most of the other times I've gone, I have not found out, you know, that I'm going until less than a week beforehand. So, uh, no, it's just, it's a, it's a great place, and yeah, just love going down there. It's uh, funny you say that. Um, uh, uh, we have family just north of Atlanta, and uh, because you find out in July, we were able to literally uh, text our family members, what, nine months before we were going, hey, see you in April. Um, yeah, you know, uh, there for a, for a couple days. Yeah, exactly. It was, it, it was bizarre. I mean, we were able to buy plane tickets the second you can buy plane tickets for April. It was it's one of the earliest times we've ever bought plane tickets in our life. It's a, you know, winning that lottery is a crazy thing. And, and I, I hear you fully. You never know how many times you'll go back. Well, folks, here's the truth about this podcast interview. I've had you try to, I, you and I have been talking about coming on the show for months We've had this interview on this day booked for, what, about two and a half, three weeks? Yeah, something like that. And that was before Tiger Phil for $10 million came out. So I happen to have a sports business dude on, on my show uh, the week after this story comes out, but, but that was just pure coincidence. First of all, just as a, as, as a diehard golf fan, uh, what did you think when you saw the Alan Shipnuck story drop? And then second of all, from a business standpoint, I would have to think that if if golf's going to go back to this primetime head-to-head golf matchup thing that 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 we saw 15 years ago, Tiger versus Phil would have to be the one that the that that the market would think would yield the best results, right? Yeah, I would think so. You know, to answer the first part of your question, at first, you know, I think everyone sees us at you know at first when Allen's piece dropped. What was it Thursday or Friday of last week? Yeah. Um, you know, everyone's really excited and really jazzed about it and see people saying they're going to pay, they pay out. You know, I saw Will Brinson from CBS, they paid $50 or $75 to watch it on pay-per-view. You know, and, and so everyone's really excited. As the days have worn on a little bit, I'm not quite as, you know, I'm still excited about it. I definitely pumped to watch it. But it's, it's, I don't know if it's because these two guys are both kind of in the latter half of their careers. It would be juicier 
if they were going at each other, if they still had that animosity between them, yeah, me at least, you know, it'll be fun to hear them. You know, I'm sure they'll mic up, mic up both of them. So it'll be fun to hear the trash talk. But uh, it'd be a little more fun if, if a they still have that animosity toward each other, and, and b I was watching um, some Scottish Open press conference this morning, and, and Patrick Reed, like a lot of people, said he would be more inclined to watch. Not that he won't watch anyway, but he'd find it more interesting if they were playing for their own money. Um, so we don't know the full details, I guess, of, of that $10 million and who's, who's bankrolling this match. Yeah. Or series of matches or whatever. But to me, that would add a little bit of, a little bit of interest to it. You know, in boxing, you've seen these Mayweather-Pacquiao fights that you know become seconds and thirds and rematches, and 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 and, and that whole premier boxing champion series thing where they tried to sell it in these blocks. From a business sense, is this something that would work better if they came to potential, you know, TV partners, marketing partners, sponsors, um, g- g- golf courses, you know, whoever was going to run this thing and basically say? You know, we're going to do three of them in a four-year span, or five in a, in a five-year span, or is a one-off more likely to get the biggest bang for their buck? To me, I think I think the one-off might be the best option to go because you just you don't know how this is gonna how this is gonna play out. You know, you had the events back in the early two thousand with Tiger and Sergio and Duval and Annika involved and all that. But we're just in such a different age now than you know. You saw the TV ratings from from back then. Yeah. Those, you know, sure, Tiger and Phil would draw a nice rating. I don't know if it would reach those numbers that they were drawing because, A, Tiger was at the peak of his career in 2000, you know, when they were playing those. And B, you just don't have as many people watching, you know, linear television as you did back then. So the ratings that might not reach it. And, you know, I mentioned the other day on Twitter, everyone's going to pump this thing up, you know, it's 18 old death match, Tiger and Phil. It could end up going 13 holes. If yeah. It, if it ends up being match play, and uh, I'm assuming it would be, you know, so it could be, I don't want to say it would be a huge flop, but I could just see it, potentially see it underwhelming um, if all the cards don't fall the right way. So I would think they'd do a one-off and see how that plays out. And then maybe they do, you know, future matches with Tiger and Phil, or maybe they open it up and bring in, you know, last year they talked about, tried to plan a, a match, I think, between Ricky and, and Rory up in Detroit, but I yeah. through for whatever reason. So maybe see how this plays out and then uh, and then go from there. Um, this 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 dovetails, and obviously we're, uh, we are talking to Josh Carpenter from, from Sports Business Journal and Sports Business Daily, um, uh, who, by the way, has has uh, totally revamped the look of their magazine this week. So, if you are a subscriber, check that out. Um, uh, when you look at this in terms of the health of the game, I, you know, you and I are both golf diehards. You and I will both watch anything. You and I will both play no matter what. I hear all the time, golf needs Tiger. Tiger's the needle, which is all true, uh, but. All the, all this golf is dead talk to me is 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 just ridiculous. Golf's got some problems on the recreational level, in my opinion, cost, time, and difficulty to to to, to some respect. Although I think the rules modernization is going to help that. But I've never bought this argument that professional golf um, is dead or having problems because if you just care enough to watch and look, you'll find some really nice, likable guys 
um, who play great golf, get along, um, head on nice, you know, bachelor party trips um, and go shirtless in, 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 in the Bahamas and have a blast along the way. As somebody both who's addicted to it and then as somebody who's in sports business, how would you analyze the health of golf? I think, you know, like you said, I think the, the, the whole idea that golf is dead and it's dying, I, I think that's a little overblown. I was reading, uh, I think it's the National Golf Foundation's report on golf, I guess, the health of the game. And participation, at least, just overall, was pretty flat this year from, from last year. So it's not like, you know, people are going away from the course in droves. I don't think that's, I don't think that's the case. Um, you know, yeah, it is an exclusive sport. It's expensive. You know, a lot of the really good courses are tough to get on. But I think, uh, I think the game's evolving. You're seeing more, you know, nine hole rates and things like that. You're seeing more, you're seeing more and more youth get involved. And that kind of transitions into these young guys on the tour who are driving a lot of this youth participation. And two, you're seeing the Tiger, you know, these guys are the Tiger generation yeah. that grew up watching Tiger. Um, so they're they're in the game now, and then they're driving even more youngsters uh, to the game. So I think it's in a really good spot. I mean, yes, obviously PGA Tour ratings, you know, their financials are, are going to be bigger when Tiger's in there. But I don't think he's a necessity, uh, at least. Uh, you've got so many young guys between Ricky and, and Jordan and JT and, you know, who, you know, look at some of these great young players. I mean, Bo Hossler, what does this do? He's his rookie year, right? And I think he's yeah. probably close to leading the he's one of the leaders on the tour in, in scoring average probably. He's got like Except for Sunday, yeah. I mean what what he's doing Monday to Saturday, uh, sorry, Thursday to Saturday is is insane. And remember, he's still coming off a pretty serious shoulder um, uh, problem. Exactly. And you just see like Joaquin Neiman. I mean he's played what, four events, five events, and he secured his card for next year and how old is he? Nineteen. Nineteen. So I think it seems like every every day you turn the page and you see a new guy who's 18 or 19 who can go out there and just go scorched earth on the field. Um, so yeah, Tiger and, and Phil obviously are very very big and you know they're very important to the sport and have been very important to the sports history and you know, legacy and things like that. But I think I think golf in a really good spot because you do have you have the guys who are going to hang out together, the Ricky and the Jordan and JT and all those guys, you've got some some villains like I mean I say villains, some people, a lot of people view them as villains, yeah. Patrick Reed and you know those types of guys but no, I think I think the health of those sport is, is, is pretty good I think it's easy to just go and, and say oh no, golf is old you know, cur- you know only old, old, old white men curmudgeons play it and you know youth aren't going to it and it's dying, I think it's just kind of an easy stereotype uh, to make, uh, so I think the game is really pretty, pretty healthy. And and uh, just one thing on uh, on uh, Joaquin Neiman, he he did one of the clutchest things we've seen in golf in the last several years that that virtually nobody realizes. He went sub sixty five on in, in his home country in front of his people to win the Latin American Amateur Championship, come from behind, and then make it to Augusta. I could never imagine the pressure of being in my home country, Chile, which is not known as being a golf country, hosting this huge this huge event, 
and having the comeback, go sub 65. He either tried 65 or 63. I forget offhand. And and then and then makes it to Augusta. The dude has has some moxie, and he's 19 years old. It's it it's incredible. Back to Tiger Phil for a second. In the context now of that answer about the health of golf, does do one-off exhibitions like like this Tiger Phil for ten million dollars? Is this something that that the game needs, or is this just an added bonus? I think it's just an added bonus. I don't think. You know, people have been saying for, for the last 10 years that we need a Tiger Phil match to, to keep the game afloat. I think it's, I mean, yeah, the casual golf fan, it's, it's great for me and you, the, the golf nerds, the golf addicts. It's just like, it, it's just an added bonus. I, I think, you know, it's just going to be fun to, to get together with your buddies, to sit down, to have a few beers, to watch this and see how it plays out. I mean, I, I don't think it's like a, a necessity for the game to survive or anything like that. Talking to Josh Carpenter uh, from Sports Business Journal here on Teeing It Up. Alright, that now, I've liked how we've sequenced this show tonight. I am proud of myself for how I am self-producing this podcast. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I just had to brag there for a second because we've, uh, a lot of times on my show I just jump all over the place, but for some reason tonight we've actually dovetailed nicely from one topic to another. Um, Yesterday, the PGA Tour released their long-awaited 2018-2019 schedule, and there's a lot of different ways to look at this. Guys like you and me, um, who have been eyeing this for two years, I think we looked at this and, and may not have um, had the surprise reactions that a lot of other people who, who haven't been as intricately following this um, uh, had. There's a couple things that stand out to me, and I'm just wondering from a, 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 a business sense from, from, from your perspective on this. I thought the I thought they made two mistakes in this schedule from a marketing business standpoint. A, a golf standpoint is a whole different thing. The whole point of this, as a lot of people know, was was to get away from football. They have successfully done that. However, they put the Tour Championship on the weekend before Labor Day. Jay Monahan told uh, the Marketplace podcast, and I, and I honestly forget who owns the Marketplace podcast. Um, I don't think it's Bloomberg, but whoever owns that podcast, maybe NPR, that they want to own August. That that's his yeah. phrase. So I guess we'll hear that a lot next year. Um, to to me, that's a mistake because if and 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 this gets kind of technical, but if the Tour Championship and the FedEx Cup is going to go to the four plus one model, which is you play the Tour Championship four rounds, crown a winner, take the top four or six from the FedEx Cup, they play off in a one day shootout for ten million dollars, and 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 the FedEx Cup title, that to me made the most sense to do on Labor Day weekend with it ending on Monday in daytime where there are no football games on Labor Day Monday in daytime. There are football games at night on Labor Day Monday, but not during the daytime. To me, this was too condensing it, and I think now we're potentially rushing things at the end. And if they're going to go to the 4-plus-1 model, now we're starting the Tour Championship on the Wednesday of that August weekend, and... I'm not sure that that's the best setup for that. So that's that's one thing. And number two, I was told that this may be a one-year deal, so I don't want to go super crazy over that. But going straight from the Open Championship to 
Memphis for a World Golf Championship event is a mistake that I believe hurts FedEx, not helps them, because I just think some players are going are, are, are to skip this and or not play well. So what's your thought on those two things? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the format for the tour championship. I, I I think it's a good move. I don't know about the whole you know owning August or all that, but I think before it just got lost, you know, in that that Labor Day weekend or uh, you know once the NFL kicked off, right? College football kicks off. I think if you have it that weekend, that Labor Day weekend, I think it just I think it gets lost in a shuffle. Even if you are playing, you know, the final round on that Monday afternoon. I think for for me, I'm a big college football fan, and by that point, man, I've, I've been it's been six months since football, right? <laughs> and so I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready for some football. And we've had golf for you know, yes, I'm a golf addict, but we've had golf essentially since January on, so right. seven straight months. Um, so I think, and, and two, the majors are done at that point, right? Not to discount the FedEx Cup, um, but everyone, I think, pure golf fans get geeked up for the majors, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's fair. Yeah, I think I think it's a good move. Like you said, if it, if it is a one year deal, maybe they test it out, see how it plays out. Um, I like that. the The move, um, you know, the Bridgestone down to uh, to Memphis, and you know they did that. Obviously, FedEx down there they got the the big title sponsor deal and all that. I think you would kind of see some players, even in recent years, even skipping Bridgestone. Right? I think Rory skipped that in the past couple of years. Maybe. That was. I, I that was the one year where it had a move because of the Olympics and the European Tour did not certify as part of the International Federation of PGA okay. Tours. That's, so that's why some of those guys skipped that. Yeah. That year. Yeah. Then, then, then yeah, I think you're, you're going to see um, you're going to see some players not go to that event because a it's right after the Open Championship, which is obviously overseas, and b it's, it's Memphis in August. Yeah. On on what many people consider to be a pretty mundane golf course, right? Um, so yeah, I, I think you could definitely see some some casualties there um, from a field perspective, at least. Um, what's also interesting about this schedule, and and a lot of people may not realize this who are golf fans, um, the PGA Championship TV deal. Now, let me be clear, because people get confused. The PGA Tour and the PGA of America, who run the PGA Championship, are two totally different entities. <laughs> the, the, it's my biggest pet peeve in golf when people say... confusion in, in, in the golf world. It, in the golf world, but among golf viewers. It's just... It's my biggest pet peeve when non-golf writers write that the PGA is coming back to Detroit. No! It's not! It's nails on a chalkboard. Yes. Sorry. The PGA Tour TV deals run through 2021. The PGA Championship TV deal ends after next year at Bethpage in May. So it's it's interesting when you have a, a product that you're trying to bring to market to sell. It's in one month, August, uh, which is in a very different part of the sports calendar than May. And May, you're in the midst of uh, hockey playoffs, basketball playoffs. The PGA is going to be the same weekend as the Preakness, which if NBC Golf Channel has any interest, which common sense would say yes, they would, that's an interesting television conflict. Um, it's a lot busier time. So a lot of people have talked about PGA to May, players to March from a golf standpoint, from a sports business and a marketing standpoint. What's your thoughts on that move? I mean, to me, CBS makes the most sense to pick the 
to pick up this deal again with it moving to May. You know, it's I think Sean uh, McManus said last year that they would love to be able to go and have majors in back-to-back months, right? Um, you got the Masters in April, then you go, what, a month down the road? Yeah. Six weeks down the road, and you have the PGA? Um, like I said, and they would probably like to be able to cut into that, you know, NBC kind of champions May as, as championship month or championship season or yeah. something like that. So I think you know, CBS would love to, to be able to cut into that a little bit. Um, it's kind of a, a period where CBS doesn't have a lot going on sports-wise other than, you know, regular PGA Tour events now, right? Yeah. So uh, I think it would make a lot of sense for them. But like you said, um, it'd be crazy to think that, that NBC and Golf Channel would be, wouldn't at least take a look at that, I think. Um, so, you know, it's, CBS has just been doing it for so long. It would be a little weird to see it on a different network. But, again, we have, you know, the U.S. Open on. NBC for how long, and then it went to Fox, and yeah, like first of the Open Championship was NBC. So, yeah, it's uh, times uh, times they are uh, a changing, and, and uh, because of where New Year's falls next year, the the whole PGA Tour calendar is is um, it it looks like it's a week late. It's not a week late. It's because New Year's is 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 in a different spot next year in, in, in terms of, of uh, where it falls on the day of the week. But um, the Masters is, is a week later than it was this year. It's, um, uh, that's April 8th to 14th. The PGA is May 13th to 19th. So literally, it is almost one month apart. So to your point, um, they can kind of sequence that. Here's the other thing that has irked a lot of golf fans in the Northeast, which is we lose D.C., we lose Boston as an annual event that will alternate with the New York, New Jersey area for the Northern Trust. We add Detroit, we add St. Paul, Minneapolis. So much of, uh, you know, look, golf fans like to watch golf and they don't, I don't think, care as, as much unless you live in those cities as to where the events are being played. They just want quality events on quality golf courses. From a marketing standpoint, A, are you surprised the PGA Tour has left Washington permanently and has left Boston on a permanent year-to-year deal? And B, um, is this a big deal just in terms of adding Minnesota and Michigan and losing two bigger market cities? Well, I think you're still going to have you know, the Northeast, they're going to get their fair share of majors. And, and, you know, with D.C., you know, they couldn't get a title sponsor, right? Yeah. I mean, so that's, that's why you know, they couldn't get a title sponsor and they couldn't get a good field. If Tiger wasn't in that field this year, well, it would, it's not like Tiger's world ranking really bumped up the field that much. No. But still, it was not very good. No, it was. I, I think if you ask most experts, I'd say it was one of the worst fields of the entire year. It was, um, and and and, and uh, sorry to interrupt, Josh, but but just your point, the 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 weakest three fields of the year were, um, uh, uh, sorry, just totally escaped me. The first opposite field event of the year, the Sanderson Farms. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, 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 no. No. Uh, no, sorry, for, for uh, 2018 itself was the uh, uh, brand new event, which uh, uh, Tony Romo played in the DR, the Quicken Loans, and Greenbrier. Those are the three weakest field events by, uh, 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 by the official World Golf ranking so far this year. 
No, yeah. So, I mean, you don't have a sponsor. you got a weak field. You know, Tiger hadn't played in that event for three years, obviously due to injury, but I, I think it just didn't make a lot of sense to keep it there. So now you've got Quicken Loan slash Rocket Mortgage going back to Detroit, which makes all the sense in the world, right? Because Dan Gilbert owns that company and they're based in Detroit. And, you know, the, you know, the Midwest kind of didn't really have any regular tour events right outside of, uh, I guess the John Deere would be kind of lumped into that. Yeah. Into that group. But, you know, uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul had been kind of pushing for an event for at least the last couple of years from what I can remember at least. I think they had a, a, a BJ Tour champion event up there, but they've been wanting a, a regular tour stop up there. So I think both of those just made sense. Yeah. Um, you know, this, I think they had the same problem with sponsorship uh, in, in Boston. Uh, with the, the Dell Technologies up there, they've gone back and forth between Barclays and Dell Technologies and all that. Um, I think a big reason you saw that stay in the rotation as in every other year is because Jay Monahan, you know, was that tournament's director for a while before he came on uh, to the tour. So. Yeah. And also because that's a, 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 a TPC-owned um, course, there's no rent, and, and it's easy to... to, to um, physically have that event there and the fans I mean the, the the fan support for that event has been fantastic so that I think helped their cause too is the fact that that was a well attended event um, I was definitely happy to see them stick with that you know with that event for at least every other year uh, final thing because I've kept you way past I said I would uh, do you have a prediction for next week at the Open Dan, I got to roll with uh, with Ricky. I think I know a lot of people will be picking Ricky, but I just think the way he finished at Augusta, he's always embraced you know Lynx golf. He won the Scottish Open, I think, the year before last. Um, he generally played pretty well over there, so I, it's just just a gut. I mean, you know, Open Championship so hard to to predict with just you know. Just by the luck of the draw, you could have, you know, Ricky might get a terrible draw next week and he might not have a shot, um, just depending on the weather. Um, so, but that's, that's, that's what I'll go with. It starts Thursday um, at 1.30 in the morning Eastern Time. First <laughs> ball, last ball. Will you be up at 1.30 a.m. in Charlotte? So, I usually roll into work around uh, 5.45. So, probably not. But uh, I'll, I'll have it on first thing when I get to the office, and it'll be on uh, for sure all day, you know, up until whenever the, whenever the last shot is, it'll be on. Um, so so I'll, I'll definitely get my, uh, my picks of golf next week. You're part of that crew that has to go in at 545 in the morning? I mean, if I've, I've been doing it for almost six years now. So Good for you. Damn. Uh, he is Josh Carpenter. He has the Claret Jug in his avatar. avatar. He is a... Panthers fan because he wants to keep pounding. He says in his uh, That's right. in in his thing. He's also from Gastonia, home of Harold Varner, who is going to win on the PGA Tour soon enough. Um, he is trending in the right direction. He is the assistant editor for Sports Business Journal and Sports Business Sports Business Daily. Josh, um, this was long overdue. Thank you so much for coming on teeing it up. I appreciate it. Yeah, Jeremy, really enjoyed it. I know we've been talking about it for a long time, but uh, really enjoyed it. Hope we can do it again soon. Absolutely, and thank you all for listening to yet another edition of Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. Have a great day, everybody.